Hello, welcome to Embrace the Grain Photography Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Sherry. This podcast is for all photographers interested in film, digital, and the gear that goes with the craft of photography. It doesn't matter what camera you're shooting, but be warned, we focus heavily on analog. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 85 of Embrace the Grain. Can you believe it? We are on season four already, Jake. (laughs) Isn't that crazy, Sherry? 85. 85 episodes and four years of me blathering on. (laughs) (laughs) Four years. Wow. Yeah, you've been at it a while. A lot longer than I have been, that's for sure. Uh, It's funny how things have progressed over time. You know, starting out just yapping into my cell phone of whatever, and now there is maybe actually a little bit of production in it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, the addition of you, and we have regular listeners, and the numbers are growing, so who would have thought? Who would have thought, yeah, and I, uh, I really appreciate you taking me along for the ride. Uh, it's more fun when you have a partner in crime. <laughs> ah, to- totally agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. So tonight we have a bit of a different show. It's one where we feature you, the listener. Yay! Yay! So we don't have a guest, but we do have a topic. And it's one filled with listener interaction. So it should be a fun one. Yeah, should be fun. But first, I apologize. I forgot an email I was supposed to read last week. And it was emailed uh, about a previous episode. I think it was the one with uh, Michael Bartosek and Ed Conde. I made a comment about kids' cameras and how I didn't think they were a good starter camera for a young child. And a listener sent an email in and he had attached a couple of photos and here's what he had to say he said VTech is the new Holga he says thanks for the podcast just hope you give kids digital cameras yes the ones with the chunky handles and fake viewfinders a second chance my daughters have been shooting with them for a few years now unconsciously embracing the rules of lamography They were between the ages of three and five when they made the attached photos. Cheers, Brian. So Brian attached a photo of a little girl and she was cute as a button holding holding her doll. And the other one is very artistic. And it, it looks like it was a selfie and she was bent over with her hair flowing across her face. It was really good. So, yes. I guess I was proven wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I 100% agree on giving kids a digital camera to play around with. Um, My experiences with my grandson 
were the first time I gave him a digital camera. He took about 100 photos of Hot Wheels in about five minutes. <laughs> and a lot of them were blurry. At the time, he was three. So, But, yeah, he had the pictures of the plants, the telephone, um, the couch, the cat, Hot Wheels, you name it. <laughs> but he was having fun. Uh, I did look at the VTech cameras and... They were quite expensive. And I ended up finding a Lumix point and shoot at a thrift store for about five bucks. It was small. It's a small point and shoot. And it has a, a Leica lens on it. Mm. It was uh, basically about the same megapixels as the VTech. If I could have found a used VTech, I probably would have bought him one. So, yes, I'm not I'm not dissing the VTech digital cameras. They are really good for kids. It's just I couldn't find one for a price before he outgrows it. Mm. So, thanks yes, for the, Yeah, thanks for your email, Brian. It was uh, much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yes. So, and I'm so sorry, I forgot to read it last week. It was, I even wrote it down and then I forgot to put it in my show notes. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll do better next time, Brian. Yeah, better late than never, right? <laughs> exactly. So tonight's topic is brand loyalty. Do you shoot the same brand all the time or do you use all the brands? So let's hear from our callers. And up first, we have Nancy Bueller. Hello again, Sherry and Jake. It's Nancy here. To answer your question about camera brand loyalty, I don't have any real loyalty except maybe for Nikons, which I have a fondness for only because my first real SLRs were a Nikon FM2 and an EM. But I will use any camera. In fact, I like using a lot of my other brands like Pentax and Olympus, if only to keep myself interested in other cameras. There's a certain challenge for me in learning the way different camera brands work, different dials, different lenses, um, to see what results I can get from them. But I still still love my Nikons and they are almost always my companions when I travel or go anywhere only because I'm more familiar with them and my FM2 is almost like an extension of my arm. I very rarely have to think about it when I use it and can shoot very easily but I still do like to try other cameras. I hope that answers your question. Thanks. Thanks for calling in Nancy. That was very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Nancy. We really appreciate the call-in. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear what others think. So uh, next on the list, we have a um, call-in from Alex Lauks of the Classic Camera Revival. Okay, press play, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Hey there, Embrace the Grain. Alex Lokes here, Classic Camera Revival, and you wanted to hear my thoughts on brand loyalty. Well, my thoughts on brand loyalty are almost in line with my thoughts on political parties. I don't always stay with something that I have always done. If I find a brand that will do better or achieve a result that I like, I will gladly shoot that over something like a Nikon or Kodak film or Ilford film or developers of any sort. I've found that people who tend to stick with a single brand tend to limit themselves, especially in regards to the medium on which they're shooting and how they're developing it. The idea is you need to find items that you like and that produce the results you want and mix and match. I mean, I shot almost exclusively Kodak film and used Kodak developers until recently when price increases and quality control issues started to hamper my creative process, in which case I just switched to Ilford. They offer almost exact equals to what I was doing with Kodak with similar results, if not results I like better. When it comes to camera gear, I will admit it, I am a Nikon fanboy. But I was also a Minolta fanboy for many, many years, until I started trying to get into the digital space, and the DSLRs that Minolta had were getting old, and I didn't really like the stuff that Sony was offering at the time, so I switched to Nikon. But yeah, I still shoot Minolta, I got my Maxim 9, I will love that camera until it dies and you pry it from my cold dead hands, but the same could be said about my Nikon F5. So when it comes to loyalty, if you can find something that works, stick with it. But if that no longer works and you find something better, don't hesitate to switch. All right. Take care, guys. Shoot awesome photos. Did you know that podcasting is thirsty work? If you would like to buy Jake and I a cup of coffee, you can do so over on ko-fi.com backslash embrace the grain podcast. We truly appreciate your support. All right. So um, next up, we had an email on the to- this topic from Billy Sanford. Take it away, Jake. Uh, Billy says, hi, Sherry and Jake. Thought I would weigh in on the topic of brand loyalty. My first fancy film camera was when I was growing Sorry, when I was growing up, was a Canon AE-1. Later in life, I bought one of the film Rebels, and then when digital came out, I stayed with Canon. I remember buying a Canon 85mm 1.8, and it was over $300, and I remember feeling like that was a very big deal. The camera came with the lens. Why not just use that one? This one doesn't even zoom. That is to say, when people are just getting into photography as a hobby, those sorts of decisions do seem like a big deal, and maybe not how we would think about them once we've been in the hobby for a while. But as I bought more lenses, eventually it just made more sense to stay in that system. So for 10 years of digital, I was almost exclusively Canon. When I got back into film, my first film camera was an EOS 3. Again, because I could use those same lenses. But otherwise, it has been a pretty freeing experience to sort of uh, start over 
and being willing and open to trying any sort of camera, regardless of brand. I look forward to hearing everybody's thoughts. Billy. Thanks, Billy. Much thank appreciated. You. Yeah, thank you, Billy. Yeah. Um, I think I was an, an awful lot like Billy when I started out. And, you know, my mom would always be looking out for things at garage sales and, and thrift stores for me. And she would always go, oh, it's got a zoom lens. And I'm going, no, I don't want a zoom lens. You want the lens with no zoom. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, but it zooms. Yeah, so do my feet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway. All right, so next up we have a call from Mike Gutterman of the Negative Positives Podcast. The legend himself. You bet. Hello, Sherry and Jake. This is Mike Gutterman from the Negative Positives Podcast. And on your question about brand loyalty, I definitely have it. I'm a Pentax guy, a Pentaxian, because it is the working man's camera, and we all know that. But also because my father shot Pentax. I grew up with him always shooting Pentax. I learned photography for the first time on his Pentax K1000, and I think that, that makes a huge impact. I think a lot of times the idea of brand loyalty is kind of passed down through the generations. You tend to sometimes be loyal to uh, some of the things that your parents were loyal to as far as brands or uh, and the products that we buy and support. Uh, also, I am a Kodak shooter mainly. Like I, Kodak's always going to be the film I'm going to uh, buy the most of. It's going to be my kind of my main stocks. I'll try other films. I'll gladly try other films. I'm happy to. I'm excited to try other films. But for the most part, my main stocks will be Kodak. And that's because I, again, grew up with those yellow boxes everywhere. You know, I remember opening up the family refrigerator and my dad would have those little yellow cassettes and a Ziploc bag of un undeveloped film waiting to go to a lab and like the door of the family refrigerator. <laughs> so I guess there's just a little film romanticism there. And, you know, everybody loves film romanticism, right? So, uh, <laughs> so. And the other thing I think that kind of affects my brand loyalty is I kind of cheer for the underdog. Never was into Canon or Nikon because they were the, the big dogs. I like I sort of like the little guy, man. I always felt like Pentax was the underdog, the little guy. And I like I like to I like that something about that attracts me. Uh, so there's there's a there's an underdog thing that gives me that brand loyalty. Uh, another example, nothing to do with photography and soft drinks. I love Mr. Pibb. It's way better than Dr. Pepper, and uh, you can fight me on that. But uh, <laughs> even though Dr. Pepper is way more popular, and Mr. Pibb is sometimes hard to find, it's a better soft drink. I don't even know if they have Mr. Pibb in Canadia, Canuckia, but it's it's better than Dr. Pepper, I can tell you that. Okay, keep up the great work on the show, and everybody stay positive, and embrace the grain in cool film photos. Thank you so much, Mike Gutterman, for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Mike. We really appreciate it. And it's kind of Mike's fault that this podcast actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the blame for it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he said he wanted to hear more female podcasters. So I kind of was hemming and hawing on whether I should even try it out. So anyway. <laughs> Here we are, fault. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
So next up, we have a call in from Bob St. Cyr from the Follow the Light podcast. Hi, Sherry and Jake. Hope this memo finds you and your loved ones well. In answer to your questions, do I stick with one camera brand system or explore them all? No and no are the straightforward answers to your questions. I don't stick to just one camera brand, nor do I explore them all. Let me explain a little. When I was a teenager, I borrowed some money from the local credit union in order to buy a good SLR camera. To do this, my dad drove us into the nearest big city. Well, big for me at that time, because I was still too young for a driver's license. The store we visited in Swift Current did not have a lot of selection, so the best camera I could buy with the money I had was the Canon AE-1 program. I eventually got rid of that camera as I migrated to other Canon models, but within the last several years have reacquired the AE-1 program because of its sentimental value and the fact that it is a very good camera that served me well for my first frugal film project year and still serves me well today. And besides all this, I enjoy working with this camera. It brings back good memories. I think there is something innately positive to be said for working with cameras that help us warmly reflect on our beginnings in photography. But the camera I really wanted, I mean really, really wanted, but was way out of my budget, was the Canon A1. Such a beautifully engineered technical marvel. Eventually, my wife got me one a few years ago, and sometimes I just like to look at it and, of course, use it from time to time as well. At one point, I gave up my Canon cameras and Tamron lenses and changed completely over to the Nikon system. At the time, it was either an EOS 1 or a Nikon F4, and I chose the F4 because I liked the way it was designed better than the Canon. I've never looked back, and although I no longer have that camera, I don't miss it, I have acquired what have become other favorites. The Nikon F2, for which I have a great deal of respect and awe, and the FM2N. Can't afford the FM3A, but if I could, that would be the one to get. Anyway, to round out my 35mm gear is another wonderfully engineered Canon, the FTB-QL. Love the film loading system of this camera. For medium format, Mamiya 645 and C330 are my cameras of choice. I know Hasselblads have all the prestige, but I don't think they produce better images than Mamiya, and that's primarily what it's all about, isn't it? The final image? When I was ready to move up from the small format, I found the Mamiya 645 system to be a good value for the money, and it offered me much bigger negatives and transparencies, which are easier to handle and are especially important, in my opinion, to photograph the expansive prairie landscapes, amongst others. Finally, one system I never want to be without is my large format camera. There is nothing like looking at a large format color reversal image upon a light table. The amazing ability to record things with tack sharp detail never ceases to amaze me. Such large format is a lot more work and challenging than the other formats, but I wouldn't trade it. I'm not really interested in trying every brand out there. I know what I like, 
what works for me and gives me the results I need for my working habits. I think it is important to learn one's gear and materials and learn them well to assist in producing consistent photographic results and minimize surprises, although a surprise once in a while can bring good results. At this point, I find myself blessed to have the photographic tools that I have, not really desiring too many cameras other than perhaps a Mamiya 7 version 2 with the 43, 65, and 150mm lenses. Nevertheless, what is on my mind more often than not these days are the ever-rising prices of consumables, such as film, fiber gelatin silver papers, and chemistry. Well, I hope this answers your question without being too long. Thanks. Bob St. Cyr of the Follow the Light Analog Photography Podcast. Next up, we have a call in from Suzanne Lopez of the Gen X Podcast. Hi, Sherry and Jake. This is Suzanne Peterson, also known as Suzanne Lopez. And I definitely do not stick to one system for film photography. I really enjoy trying out multiple brands, lenses, whether they're aftermarket or the same as my camera. Um, I think with my digital photography, I end up sticking with the same thing. So to me, shooting film on multiple uh, brands was very refreshing. And I even went so far as to stay away from the brand that I shoot digital because that's all I have known. And now I actually do want to get a couple more Nikons, uh, which is what I was trying to stay from away from originally, but I would like to add some to my kit now. But no, I do not stick to one brand. I enjoy testing other ones out, seeing what they provide. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Yeah, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And I do happen to know that Suzanne has had um, the chance to add another Nikon to her stable. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats, Suzanne. Yeah, yeah. I had a good conversation with her earlier today. Such a positive lady to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we should mention, since we just had uh, three podcasters in in a row right there, Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to the Negative Positives podcast, the Follow the Light podcast, or the Gen X podcast, you should definitely go give them a listen. And not to mention the classic camera revival from ah, Alex. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so Totally forgot to mention it. Sorry there, boys. <laughs> and Jess. Yes, and Jess, not just boys. <laughs> Here's how you can relive a good time over and over again. See it, big as life in full color slides. The newest, smartest way to take color slides is with a stylish Kodak Signet 40 camera. You'll wear it proudly everywhere you go. Just aim, focus, snap. It's as easy as that. Exciting action shots, eye-catching close-ups, Beautiful scenes, indoors or out, day or night. You can take them all in rich, beautiful color. The Kodak Signet 40 is the smartest color slide camera you can buy. 
yet it costs only $74 or as little as $7.50 down. Other fine Kodak color slide cameras range in price from $31.50 to $175. Ask your dealer about easy terms and remember, when your camera is made by Kodak, you know it's good. <laughs> so, Jake, what are your thoughts on brand loyalty? <laughs> well, uh, as I'm sure our uh, regular listeners are aware, I am a bit of a Nikon fan. Uh, a majority of my cameras and lenses are Nikon, but I wouldn't say that I'm strictly brand loyal at all. I've uh, tried a lot of different camera brands over the year, and uh, I certainly don't have enough self-control to just stick to one or two. Um, it's easy to call Nikon and Leica my top two brands, just taking a, a quick look over at my shelf, but uh, my allegiances have uh, never really prevented me from exploring other brands, although I do have a, nat- a bit of a natural disdain for Canon, wink wink. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only one that I've I've truly enjoyed shooting was the new F1, but not enough to keep it, I guess. Right, right. Well, when it's kind of the oddball out, uh, it's hard to justify the expense of all the glass and accessories to go with it. Uh, Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to, I guess, spread yourself out thin that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually used to be 100% a Nikon girl. Only mm. Nikon was in the house. Nothing else would do. Until I started shooting film and thrifting for film gear. One day I bought a Canon. <gasps> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, when I first got that first Canon, everything was backwards from the way you mount the lens to just basically how you said everything was just a little bit backwards. Um, it wasn't that it was a bad camera and I, I actually liked it. Gasp. Nikon fan like the Canon. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a rebel G and it, it had come in a bag and there were a couple lenses in there and once i downloaded the manual and figured out how all this backwards stuff worked i i actually carried that around for a long time uh that original canon that i bought started to develop a bit of a weak shutter so that one will never leave my house because i wouldn't feel comfortable selling that to someone when I know that every, every, I don't know, about every five rolls, the shutter will stick open. Mm. And the fix is just power it off and turn it back on. And then away you go. You miss one frame on the roll. Could be worse. So it could be worse, but I'm not going to sell it to somebody when I know it does that. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good parts camera. Actually, it's a good tractor camera because I don't care if it gets broken because it's kind of worn out. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the cameras started to multiply. Seriously, I'm just 
letting some of them go now. I wanted to try everything, folders, range finders, medium format, toy cameras. Thankfully, large format does not appeal to me. <laughs> Unless gas attack. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I am no longer brand loyal. I have Pentax, Canon, Nikon, Leica, some I will never sell. Um, I also have a Roloflex. I have a Fuji GA645. I have a Bronica C that I'll never let go of. And how about on film brands, Jake? Are you loyal to those? Not even a little bit, no. Um, I guess since the start, really, I've kind of shot a good mix of everything. I uh, I started off with Ilford Black and White, mainly it, just because it was the only thing that I could buy around here other than uh, Gold 200 and Superior 400. Uh, but uh, yeah, eventually I migrated to Kodak and well, everything else really. I uh, for a while there I was kind of trying everything, but n now I've kind of narrowed myself into uh, like a handful of films that I try and stick to. But yeah, definitely not brand brand loyal at all when it comes to film, and definitely not when it comes to chemistry either. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh... I love the Agfa Vista film. Sadly, that's discontinued. Mm. I do yeah. have some. I have some on ice still. The Presidents, 200 or? I have 200 and 400. Yeah, because I, I, I could be wrong, but I remember reading somewhere that the, the 400 was just superior. I don't know if it really is or it's just maybe the way I shoot it or whatever, but yeah. It looks a little more saturated in color to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it could be something different. I, do, yeah. I don't know. It could be Superior 400 for all I know. Yeah. And uh, I guess like uh, Mike Bartasek would say, that is the problem with uh, rebranding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've also shot store brands like President's Choice. I love that. I have no idea what it is. It's just a store brand from a grocery store. Like uh, Kodak, Fuji, Ilford. If I'm going to shoot black and white, I tend to go for Ilford. But not always the same kind. Mm. <clears throat> I don't care. If it works well, I don't care what brand it is. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's way too much stuff out there to, uh, to pigeonhole yourself. And, you know, stick to one, especially God. I mean, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Um, I do use digital, too, and I've become not brand loyal there, too. Um, yes, I still have my Nikons <laughs> that I will keep forever and ever. But I also bought a Sony because, well, I couldn't get an A-mount uh, A -mount, uh, camera to work for me. And I had all their fantastic lenses. So, yeah, I just went and bought a Sony problem solved. Yeah, problem solved. Yeah, so, and on developers, um, I guess I am probably brand loyal to those because I only have three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I use the Unicolor C41 kit for all my color. Mm. 
HC 110 and I do have Rodinol and I have a plan for it. I just haven't did it yet. What's your plan with the Rodinol? Stand develop. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I've done a little bit of, with that, but uh, I like Rodinol at uh, 1 to 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give it a try sometime. One of these days I will. It, it'll keep in, in my cupboard down here in my dungeon for a long time. Especially if it's sealed. Yeah, it's it's good forever, basically. Well, it's probably not. No, it's not sealed anymore. But I did no. squeeze the air out and put it in the dark. So it should yeah. be good. Yeah, it, it's probably fine. I mean, I've had a thing of uh, Blazenol go bad on me, which is like, I guess, the... The Canadian version of Rodinol. I've had a bottle of that go bad on me. Yeah, I uh, think that's what I got. Is it? Yeah. But that was after like three years, and by the end of it, like uh, there was like a quarter left in the bottle. So lots of air in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, if it makes an image, I'll use it. I'm right there with you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I guess moving on, we kind of have a bit of an. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we do have a bit of an announcement about uh, our summer shows. Yeah, this is kind of my fault uh, because springtime it'll be farming, and then like summer it's. Uh, what would you say, Jake? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty short up here in Canada. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we we decided to take the time off to shoot and enjoy the summer instead of sitting in a chair and podcasting. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back. Yeah, and after summer, it will be right into the field for harvest uh, for me. Mm. So we should, if we have a really good harvest, be back mid-October. If not, probably be around the 1st of November. And it'll be winter again. You get to hear us complain about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) We do a lot of that, don't we, Sherry? We do. Should we? We haven't done it this episode yet. We haven't, no. No, it's, I, it's been nice here, so I can't complain at all. It's not very nice here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you can do the complaining. Uh, I'm not going to complain because we need the moisture, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. However, we decided um, that we we're going to keep the monthly Facebook challenges going, such as Film of the Month, uh, Lens of the Month, Camera of the Month. Stay tuned for those. And we will be active there. Um, We're going to keep the Instagram active too. And our email, it will still be answered and saved for when we return. Hmm. So, Jake, what's that email? It is embracethegreenpodcast at gmail.com. And our hashtag is embracethegreenpodcast. So, yeah. That's on want, Instagram. Yeah. If you want um, your work to be seen and maybe even featured, Jake is in charge of Instagram. He does a fantastic job there. 
Well, thank uh, you. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's um, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So we decided to take a little bit of time off, and uh, I urge you to go out and shoot. Um, you, the listener, to go out and shoot in the warmer summer months instead of sitting around listening to us talk too. <laughs> How about go out and listen to us and take some cool film photos? Oh, there you go. There you go. So, Jake, uh, what, where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jake Rose Photo, and you can also find me in the Embrace the Grain Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. And you can find me on Instagram at Sherry Christensen Photography. That's S H E R R Y C H R I S T E N S E N Photography. I really should have thought of that before I made that my name. It's really long. (laughs) Hey, but it's yours at least. It's mine, and it's easy to spell wrong, too. (laughs) (laughs) So please take a minute to give our show a five-star rating if you enjoy the content. It really helps others to find the show. As always, we want to hear from you. There are two ways you can get in touch. Record a voice memo on your smart device and send it in via email or a plain old email. And even though we won't be recording new shows for a couple months, the emails and the voice memos will be there for when we return. We are not going off the grid. We are not. We're just taking a summer holiday. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so everybody stay positive and embrace the grain. Bye. Bye. See you next fall. (laughs) (laughs) In answer to your question, Mike Gutterman, no, we don't have Mr. Pip in Canada, or at least we don't have it in this area of Canada. I can't say for certain about the other provinces, but no. No, Mr. Pip. Next visit to the USA, I'll be looking for it to see if it's any better than Dr. Pepper. Uh, the V, the V, and that's all, folks. Oh, did that not start? It did. Okay. We'll start over. (laughs) Yeah, no problem.